Greetings and welcome to CritCast episode 14. If you are a Warhammer Underworlds player, I'm sorry, your game is dead. I mean, no, no, it's fine, it's fine. <laughs> I've, I've got into Kill Team a lot and Kill Team has crits. So, you know, there's not much to talk about Warhammer Underworlds, even though there's a new season coming. And I've been really into Kill Team. So I thought it'd be cool to talk about my, well, my exploit with Kill Team and the latest event we played at, at Warhammer World for the basically the first big official Kill Team event. And then joining me are my friends Charles and Itan, who you'll be aware of if you've been watching my YouTube channel for, well, Kill Team Bat Reps. So without further ado, uh, hello, Charles and Itan. How are you guys? Uh, tired, John. Very tired from yesterday. Yeah. We literally uh, came back less than 12 hours ago. Eight, yeah. 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 I think, Charles, your voice is... Um, not good. <laughs> oh, well, it's a little bit croaky from talking a lot at the event yesterday. It's always, always you go to an event, it's always loud. You have to speak up a lot and you just end up having that bit of bit of time to recover. It's like the, the get post-game uh, bug, right? I, I, I felt like I was getting sick towards the end and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to get the post-game bug where you just like after the event, you just become sick. I'm fine. It's like, once again, Charles, because you ruined everything, which we'll get to later, you're the, you're the one who suffered the most. I mean, I, I mean, did better than you did. Whatever, man. We'll get, we'll get to it. It's fine. It's fine. I'm not, I'm not bitter. I, I, I'm not. John is not known for his salt in games, but. Exactly. Yeah. Look at my demeanor online. You, you love it, guys. Afterwards, though. However, when the salt mines open, they are uh, open for business. Yeah, you know, I, I'm the, I'm the kind of guy, when you've got a dig, you got to dig, right? Um, <laughs> But, you know, if you've been watching CritCast, it's still the same format. And the reason I named it CritCast is so I could talk about anything related to crits. But uh, as it's Kill Team, I think it's fair to, like, so, like, Charles and I, how did you actually get started in Warhammer? Because, you know, yeah, it's always interesting to find out how my guests well, started in Warhammer, basically. If you want to go first, I turn. Sure. Um, I mean, I started playing uh, first year of secondary school, so I would have been about 12 years old. Um, at the time and um, yeah it just went on from there you know when when you're always a little bit of a nerd and you're interested in these kinds of things you kind of fall in with that crowd um, and um, that's it I, I've, I've kind of been playing uh, on and off ever since well I mean not not really on and off uh, probably for a solid ooh, 15 years or so um, I, I was probably playing Warhammer extremely regularly. I mean, we used to have a, a games workshop, maybe 10 minutes walk away from my house. So that'd be a really easy way to um, just go spend spend a, spend the weekend, essentially. Go there, hang out, play some games, uh, see people do some things. Um, recently, I haven't been playing so much um, because, I mean, life kind of catches up with you eventually um so yeah that's 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 kind of why i've been looking into kill team nowadays because it's a lot shorter it's a lot less taxing on my time i don't need to paint several hundred models um and it's i, I think it's uh it's, it's kind of more suitable for where i am today yeah because like um you i think you haven't played a big games workshop game for technically a few years now because like you've been on and like we've, we've all been like building age of sigma arms and 4k arms, but we never really finished them because it's just yes the nature of it, of it now yeah so we we can't really there's not really much time to practice anymore because you know a, a game of age of sigma um with like all the tournament rules and stuff in place will take several hours so you kind of need to open up an entire afternoon uh to do that so 
when you don't really have that much practice time and you're kind of just building an army just for the modeling fun, uh, really for maybe six games over a weekend once a year, <laughs> it, it's, it's not really feasible to do. And especially with Games Workshop's release schedule nowadays, um, they could release something, I could make an army today, design everything, decide what conversions I want to do, and by the time they're done, the army could be invalid. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, and for you, Charles, because um... um, well, quite similar to Ritan, like started started in secondary school in uh, towards the end of second edition before third edition came out. It was probably maybe six months before um, third edition, at least. I, I remember playing second edition with uh, all the crazy psychic power stuff, um, and yeah, essentially played Games Workshop. Um, moved into things like uh, War Machine as well, and other games like X Wing. Um, but I've played, yeah, like just played 40k and Age of Sigmar and Fantasy on and off for like the last 20 years. Um, still playing a bit more because um, we've just started at our local club, a uh, slow grow Age of Sigmar, and we're playing like thousand point games and finding it a lot more fun and easy to get games in when you don't have to spend four hours playing a whole game um and kill team played a bit of the first edition of kill team but really got turned off by a lot of the broken power combos that people would take because if you weren't taking them were you really playing kill team um but with this new edition the lot tighter rules better stat distribution on kill teams and as they are now supporting more and more kill teams better it was good good to get back into it and it's a relatively short and easy to play game yeah because i think you know even setup can take a while but like the biggest thing when we're playing it but the game may take or even if we can game make two and a half three hours but then probably you spend like an hour setting up including mm. probably an hour de-setting up or packing away uh, yeah and it's a the funny thing we've been playing for like years and it's part of the reason we've all moved away Part well, I I just moved to Games Workshop to skirmish games Underworlds, but you guys kind of moved away from Games Workshop because you guys play like a lot of L five R card games in general. Hmm. Um, so it's like as you said, like because Kill Team so easy, it's nice to get back. Because yeah, we like we used to spend oh my gosh, how many years just going to Warhammer World for their Fronus well, we, Skulls? We used to go to probably at least two events at Warhammer World a year yeah, for definitely. like four, five, six years in a row. Yeah, I yeah, think we one peak like, we did four times. Yeah, we would go to like yeah. two 40k ones, two Warhammer Fantasy Stroke Age of Sigmar ones. <laughs> uh, some of their specialist ones occasionally. Yeah. Um, but it's like Kill Team has kind of reunited us back into the Games Workshop fold. It's like, my problem is I keep telling people there's, there's no one to play Underworlds left. I have no one to play. My player base has gone from 45 players to four. I need to travel four hours for a game. Uh, and Kill Team, I can literally ask anyone and anyone wants to play. So yes. it's like it's easily accessible. The problem is terrain, but you know, it, yeah. it does, if you're at a club or store or someone who owns a lot of terrain, me now, it, it's fine. You don't need to invest much. It, it does require a different terrain type than your standard 40k games. You can use 40k terrain, but it is just more difficult to use and rule around where yeah, yeah. You, got... you need a lot more low-lying stuff stuff that obscures yeah. stuff that's you can go from point to point and it'll give you cover mm. as opposed to 40k which is like 
big blocks of stuff. Well, especially with 40k where they've gone, well, you now need terrain that's a minimum of five inches high to provide yeah. skewering. And realistically, for a, for kill team, mm. you don't need that. You need maybe three inch high stuff, two inch high stuff, maybe four inch high. But you want like lots of low scattering terrain. Um, and that's no, just that's the issue we had when we we tried to play a couple of practice games on the Friday at Warhammer World, mm. and we only had forty k terrain on the table, and all their terrain is very large, blocky, yes, um, things, and it just we tried, we kind of got a couple of games in, but it was uh, far more difficult than using yeah, the, the terrain on the day. Mechanically, everything worked, of course, but I mean, in, in terms of the way the game is meant to be played and the way the kill teams are balanced against each other, they're, they're very much, they expect you to be playing on a board with a lot of low-lying terrain. Yeah, but that, that's something I'm going to cover in a, a video, because I'm, I'm an article, because I'm working, I, I think I've, after playing at two events now, I think I've pretty much settled on the ideal board and terrain setup for a kill team game, which would be useful for players and TOs. Uh, but, but outside of that, yeah, the game's like you know, terrain is an important thing. But I, for, as I said, for today we'll be talking about our experiences. Yes, because well, me and Charles played at um, Bad Moon, Bad Moon's tournament, literally the yeah. week before, which we won't really cover in depth. It was basically the main things we got from that were, you know, the terrain was poor, and I, I'm not holding it against Bad Moon because it's really tough to develop terrain kits well, for a new game when you've only well, like been said, they, they mostly had a lot of their 40k terrain which again is not really suited for kill kill team but they did have quite a few tables did have good terrain layouts but yeah it's only like five out of far 30. less yeah they were far less than the tables that had all the big 40k terrain yeah and like the problem is that the reason we were saying that the terrain is so bad is because kill team needs no you need it's you should be unable to draw a direct line from one side of the board to the other and most of the boards had open fire lanes, so you could easily shoot without engaging, or there was like, too many large open spaces. It was a good game. I mean, the interesting thing, because it was ITC format, there were interesting rulings. I think the biggest difference, because Games Workshop is by the book, and for the ITC, the main difference is they pick TAC Ops. So it's subjective. I am personally for the camp where TAC Ops should be random because they're too strong if they're picked. For sure. But other people yeah. like the other, other, the ugly, other way. But personally, I prefer random. But outside of that, it's basically the same game. The only difference were, obviously, it was TL better at Warhammer Worlds. Not that the TLs were bad. It was just like, uh, bad, it was just a new game. But it was mainly the boards. So going into Warhammer World, obviously, I'd been in contact with Steve. And he'd been posting on Twitter. He was, he's like the basically the head of events at Warhammer World. And he was showing off the boards we were using, he, he was going to use. And I think that for me, personally, uh, before we like get into our games... I think Warhammer World has set the gold standard for events yeah, for Kill Team. For, for sure, for sure. Um, I was actually discussing this with them um, yesterday, in fact. Um, so for, for those who weren't there, essentially what they decided to do um, was have standardized uh, board setups. So they had two types of board, and they would say, okay, we've set up all of the terrain for you, and this is how you're going to play it. And... Um, here it is. And then what they would do is after the second game, um, they would swap the terrain around so you basically weren't playing on the same yeah, board for the, for, the, for the entire weekend. Um, but what that kind of did was removed a lot of the strange things where, where you, that you can get if you leave the players to set up the terrain themselves. Uh, yeah, definitely. You know the boards are going to be fair because they're designed... Oh, yeah, also, uh, one, one additional thing is that they chose the missions specifically for the terrain that they had 
and yes. the boards that they had. Um, so it allowed them to actually make balanced boards that go with the missions um, so that both kill teams neither has uh, an, one advantage over another. So what you would find is that there was generally, for example, um, uh, no elevated positions inside... Um, the drop zones. Uh, yeah, the, the drop zones. Because otherwise, you could just deploy a guy on top of there, and it kind of negates <laughs> negates <laughs> half the game for your opponent, because you can go, okay, yeah. well, you're concealed, not anymore. Well, yeah, um, it's like, uh, one thing I wanted to talk about is, because I, I was talking about this with Steve, because he was asking my opinion, and like the way I've decided the way the game works best for us, if you watched our battle reps, like what we found early is, uh, so like my core principles that uh, I'm pretty sure Charles and I tend to agree with is, mm. When you're playing games of kill team, you need at least three vantage points, maximum four. They cannot be within a deployment zone unless it's the mission with the nine inches on deployment because that's unavoidable. Uh, but you try and minimize that as much as possible. But you need three to four vantage points for tac ops and missions. You need uh, at least like one big piece of heavy terrain. You need like at least like a few pieces of heavy terrain. Mm. And the key thing is objectives need to be at least like the marker or the two-inch radius needs to be away from terrain. And the reason, at least for the objectives close to your deployment zone, because the reason about this, it it makes it tougher for you to stand on objectives, but it forces you to use barricades more, even though barricades are good in general. And it actually gives you a reason to take fortify. And then then another thing is, uh, what do you call it? I was a big proponent for asymmetrical deployment because as I'll get to at the end of the tournament, they were tracking who was attacker and defender. And at the moment, the attacker has a huge advantage. And if boards are symmetrical, it's no downside for the attacker. So I, I, I'm pretty sure all the boards are asymmetrical as well, mm. right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, they, you, they, you they, the, the two, the, yeah, the two layouts were both designed to have at least some asymmetry in them. Uh, like one side may have a vantage point closer to their zone, whereas the other side had a bit more cover. Um, and it was very well well laid out to work with the four missions picked. Yeah, I mean- uh, And the good thing is they also did uh, a sheet which had all the pieces of terrain that were on the table and saying, this is heavy, this is light, this is a vantage point. So there was no arguments in setup, and you didn't even have to go, well, this is X, Y, Z, because they'd already said, here's the rules for all the terrain. Oh yeah, because like the the thing I was going to bring up to that, I was like, I was on the way up. I was like, oh, you know what? I didn't bring my Octarius book because I'm not playing Octarius Warband in case they're using the Octarius terrain. And then you came up on the day, and they had it all printed off for you. So as if you even if you didn't bring the book, you knew all the special rules because like scrap piles you can scramble across. Mm. So, but they're like, only was, in the Octarius book. Yeah, and it was just like the fact it identified terrain instead of like debating mm. with your opponent what it does. You literally go to the sheet, and they would go that that that, and you go, yeah, cool. And, and something that something that caught us out completely is we've always declared in doors. the Octarius terrain the <laughs> doors as traversable no, terrain. No doors. But no yeah, doors. nowhere in the rules does it show that the doors are traversable unless you choose them to be. Uh, and I believe that probably caught several people out there as well. Yeah. But it's, I mean, uh, what, you rule the thing, terrain yourself. One yeah, more thing I want to mention, I'll go now. by the way, is um, about the, the whole uh, asymmetry of the setup is that um, when you're the defender you get to choose your drop zone. And that's the whole point about being the defender. That's the advantage that you get. Because otherwise, you set up all your stuff and your opponent knows exactly where you're going. And um, you need to have a difference in the drop zones for that to even be a viable choice. And if you just have uh, a a purely symmetrical board, that isn't a choice for the defender to take. Um, 
because if you, if you win the roll off, you can choose whether you want to be attack or defender, right? And in some instances, it might be better for you to choose to be defender because you get to choose the drop zone that has the terrain in your favor. And it yeah, is 100%. part of the game, and trying to mitigate that, I think, is a bit of a mistake. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, hundred percent. It's it's just, it, especially with what you can do for going first. It's it's too strong if it's just symmetrical boards. But uh, at, at, back to the door thing, they did say it's fine for your own games, but there are no official rules for doors. And we were like, oh, so <laughs> yeah, it's just uh, it messed up a bit. Uh, but like uh, going into uh, yeah the game uh, event overall, but like, we'll get back to it at the end. But the overall, the event was amazing. But for round one, I mean, I guess I'll go first. Like, sure. I, I, well, I, well, let's tell people what we're running. I was running my high fleet, which I've been running for a while now. I mean, I thought about doing custodies, and I probably would have done much better playing custodies, but. My problem at the moment is they're too good in the point where it's not fun to play them because they're so because they basically break the game at the moment because yeah. of their rulings and they're just oppressive. So I, I went with High Fleet because it's well I play Tyranids uh, and they're just really good. They're they're super mobile and they allow me to do crazy things and they're just very strong. So game one I was playing against Death God player which I've never played and we were playing what well, mission one was loot and salvage right. Yeah, one one was loot and salvage, so six yeah. objectives that can only be each looted three times uh, per game. Yeah, so my fire team is ten gene stealers with a leader, all double running claws, three warriors with lash whips, bone swords, and leader, and then six hormagaunts and one termagant with a devourer because I only had seven spaces left. Otherwise, I would have gone eight hormagaunts. Uh, so I I ran my five gene stealers and hormagaunts, and basically uh, the way I played that game is I know like. Also, it was amazing. It was Death God because he was so slow. Because uh, my game plan is basically in that mission is I claim your points first and I claim it as much as possible, even if it costs me models. Because by the time you've cl- cleared the points and claimed them, you've only got one to zero points for loot and salvage. While well, I've claimed all the midboard and I can just fall back and claim mine. So you have effectively, I've, I've starved you out on the primary and then I can just focus on my secondaries. This is what I did. The guy was also a bit new. But he was still a solid player. Um, and yeah, I mean, the other thing I'll add, my the one tech I've been working on is for scouting. So I've figured out if I'm the attacker, like I'll get onto it into like a separate video because it's quite a big subject. But basically scouting, you have one, you have infiltrate, fortify, uh, yeah, fortify, infiltrate and recon. So it's barricade, change order and recon. But it's like rock, paper, scissors. So if I'm the attacker, I was generally going with infiltrate because they would expect me to go to recon for their extra move. But so because they were doing that, they would go with infiltrate because infiltrate beats recon and they're the defenders. They want to go first. And then I would go, I know you're going to do that. So do infiltrate. And then I always won. Uh, The one guy was expecting me to do that again because he was the attacker and I was the defender. So then I went barricade just to go first. And I did that as well. But all I did was basically run Hormagons to the point and a gene stealer would stalk, claim the points, actually managed to wipe out most of the genes, uh, most of the death guard because they're so slow. Uh, I, I shot the leader to death with a devourer. It was amazing. Um, and yeah, I maxed out uh, everything. Got all my secondaries. I went with security because security is amazing. And that was, it was a really good game. Uh, death guard are very annoyingly durable because... Well, my 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 crit doing feed six damage. Only one went through, and then a normal strike did four. Very very frustrating. Yeah, just um, any any kind of negation save is very strong. Yeah, so they're unpredictably tough. But the problem is his mobility. He he basically could because I was going first first, and I wiped out. His, uh, I basically claimed all his points. He couldn't get to him in time. He got like. 
two or three points from the primary, but that's because I'd burned them all by the time he I'd got them and he couldn't do it. And then, yeah, Ron, really good game. He came from Newcastle, so shout-outs to him. He drove up on the day, madman. Uh, but it was an amazing game, really fun. But that, that was my game one. I guess right. Charles? Charles, uh, you can go. Yeah, so my game one, I had a mirror match versus the other Forge World player. Because you were, you were uh, running like, Forge World as well. Yeah, I was, I was running uh, Forge World. Um, I had uh, a Ranger Fire team and a Vanguard Fire team, both with an Arc Rifle and a Plasma Rifle. Uh, an Alpha for both of them, with both Power Weapon and uh, Arc Pistol, which in the new Hunter Clade kill team you can't do. Uh, I then had uh, four Sakarans uh, Infiltrators that were two with Power Weapon Stub Carbine, two with Taser Goat Stub Carbine. Uh, one of each Rust Stalker with one of each weapon option and then an Alpha for each. Uh, and the Infiltrator Alpha had a Power Weapon Stub Carbine and the other one had the only option, which is the... Oh, no, they've got two options still at the moment, but it's uh, the Transonic... No, the Claw... Cord Claw. Blades. Yeah, it's, it's it's one of the odd ones. The they're, they're Claw, right? Yeah. Oh, and um, I think we should I, I didn't them. actually... Oh. No, I think I, there were only two Tyranid players, weirdly, because when we went to Badminton, there were like six. There was only two yeah. Forge World players. And, and there, there was, was only two, two Necrons. Because I was playing Necrons. So was, um, <laughs> we were shocked yeah, there was only two Tyranid players. Go, go I, on, I used, uh, for all my games, I used the same combination of fire team. I, uh, in one of the games, I thought about taking a double shooting team, but it was better to take the combat. So I, I generally ran the Vanguard with the Arc Rifle and the Plasma Calvia. And two, two infiltrators with power up and stop carbine. One with the taser goad, and then the vanguard alpha. Not the best friend of vanguard alpha. The Sakaran alpha with power up and stop carbine. Because um, your opponent range- went double yeah. gun, right? He went double. Yeah. So he he took uh, a ranger fire team and a vanguard fire team. He had in the vanguard plasma and arc, and in the rangers a plasma and a transgenic arquebus. <laughs> and he took the. I can't remember if he took the ranger. He took one of the two alphas. I can't remember if it was a Ranger or a Vanguard one, uh, but the, functionally they have exactly the same rules, so it doesn't really matter. Um, and he had a power weapon, and uh, I think it was the Phosphor Bass pistol, which he never he never fired it, but uh, he did have he had he had that for his loadout. Again, it was loot and salvage. I managed to I was playing uh, with security as well for my tac ops, and I had uh, central control, uh, central control taken hold and the third one was um I can't remember what the third one was I think it was the um shoot people on points um to uh to score protect assets yeah, protect, that's the one yeah protect assets um I think I only managed to score one point on that because he was cannily staying away from them well I say cannily he I managed to use the the Sakarans to push ahead early Mm. Uh, he stayed relatively backlining um, to make use of his guns and the terrain because it was a, a very much a cat and mouse game of most of his stuff was deployed, concealed. Most uh, I, I was the attacker, so I made him deploy first. Most of his stuff was concealed. I also concealed a lot of my stuff, and it was very much a whoever revealed first would get to shoot somebody and then be shot in return. Yeah. Uh, so we played a very cagey cat and mouse game, and it, it kind of went... First two rounds were very much set up, and then three and four, there was a lot of brutal exchanges going on. Uh, but I managed to advance up, mostly capture my three objectives early and score a number of primary points. And I was then scoring central control and hold the line. 
um, and just preventing him from scoring his tack ops. Um, he, he he did manage to in the first turn. He used the um, the alpha um, to help get his um, Arcubus up onto a vantage point, and then the second turn it blew away my leader in one shot, uh, <laughs> and then promptly got shot back and died. Um, but that's because it can't survive. Well, nothing nothing can because it's it's only a seven wound body, and seven wound bodies are surprisingly squishy. On a um, fifty mil oval or something, a seventy no, it, it's, mil oval. It's on the the really. I'm not exactly sure what the size it is, but it's the the really long oval base. But it's a, a very odd one. But yeah, it's I he he didn't play aggressive enough and pushed me back, and the Sakarans did their job of getting in there, shooting people with the stub carbines, and then just charging into them to tie them up because he can't fight them because the power weapons will murder him. So he had to then disengage leaving me free to then shoot somebody else before he got a retaliation Sotson. But it was a it was a much closer game than it sounds. Um uh, it was a really good game and it's was interesting to see the mini match of double shooting versus shooting combat. Uh, and I think that really helped me. Uh how did your game go, Itan? Oh, uh, before well, I get, Itan well, does off Metamusing, which I uh, you should check out off Metamusing.com. Is it dot com? Yeah, <laughs> yeah dot, dot com. You should check it out. It's really good. I, I promote it all the time. <laughs> go ahead, Itan. <laughs> Thank you, John, for that, for that shout out that you totally have never mentioned before. <laughs> right. So, um, yeah. So for the event, I was essentially playing Necrons. Um, I originally wanted to bring Tau, but after a few test games with Tau, uh, it's, they, they have some fairly obvious weaknesses um, in Kill Team that I just either I'm not a good enough player or I just haven't figured out how to how to offset yet during my games. Um, so I decided on Necrons because I have a sizable Necron army, so it's, it's, it's quite simple, right? If you don't need to buy anything, you just go, okay, let's take these models, let's go. Um, my uh, roster was uh, 20 guys, so it's um, five Necron warriors. Um, I took Gore's Reapers, um, so the short-range weapon, um, which I find is just Way better against uh, than the uh, as opposed to the longer range gauze flayers. Um, I took a unit of five um, flayed ones, a fire team of five flayed ones rather, and I took two fire teams of immortals, uh, one with all Tesla and one with all gorse. Um, the um, and then yeah, of course a leader of, of both the immortals to round out round out the twenty men. Um, essentially, all my games I used the exact same kill team because i kind of figured out in advance what's the best option for it um so it's um the f- the four immortals with gores and their leader and the five warriors um the teslas are essentially only there for one reason and that's in case i come up against a kill team with a five up invulnerable save uh against all other um all other opponents uh gores is just it's it's just better, um, I think, uh, with, with the um, with the AP on their weapons. Um, but anyway, my first game was against Tau, um, which is pretty interesting considering I was considering bringing them um, in the first place. Um, I also always take security as my um, uh, as, as that particular option because I think for Necrons, which is uh, very much mid to late game 
kill team, um, security kind of works for them because it involves you going to buildings and taking them at the end of the game and just sticking around in the middle of the board and um, doing do, doing things like that, that that generally work work a little bit better for Necrons. Um, but th- as for the game in general, um, essentially what I do, and it's, it's a pretty common thing that I, I, I try and do in my games, is just set up everything um, concealed um, so that they basically can't get shot. Um, Necron Warriors themselves, because they've only got the six-inch range on their guns, um, I play them very much like a combat force. So sneak up the board concealed. As soon as you get within six inches, pop out, say hi, and then you can kind of do things with them afterwards. Um, but for the um, when I'm going for um, uh, to, to, to choose the three dice, um, I find that I, I actually find that and I know John mentioned that going first um, is is super good. Um, I kind of prefer going second and being the defender because there's some cool things you can do. And one of those things I did in the, in in uh, not not in this tower game, but in in a future game that I'll talk about. Um, but essentially during during that game, because I was all concealed, uh, the tower had to get up onto vantage points and to see me and shoot me. Um, and I would essentially offer out sacrificial warriors to kind of get pinged by whatever it was that uh, the tower would um, put forward. But that's the thing, right? As soon as you go into engage to be able to shoot something, suddenly you can get shot and then all my stuff can engage and I can basically wipe out units one by one. Uh, but the difference being is that I'm trading a warrior for something that can't come back to life. Um, so going into the mid game and the end game, you kind of find yourself, oh, I've still got this kill team around. We're probably only missing a couple of guys, whereas your opponent kind of he's he's been losing uh, he's he's been losing men every turn because you know my guys come back to life. Um, and that that's that's basically it. That's 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 the way I played that towel game. Um, kind of rushing up the board with my warriors, sticking on objectives, um, putting my barricades next to objectives so the warriors can happily sit behind them um, concealed, forcing my opponents to go into vantage points, um, and then having my immortals kind of hang back uh, to pick off um, anyone that decides to stick their head out. And that's kind of the problem with Tau, is that the... Um, my, my opponent brought um, stealth suits and pathfinders, uh, by the way. Um... But he tried to get the big drone, the recon drone, um, up onto a vantage point turn one to try and um, do the whole, I'm going to shoot you with my burst cannon, and then um, use uh, use analyze. But as soon as it's up there, the drone is a big old sitting duck. So <laughs> the, the drone was kind of the first thing to die, and then it's just <laughs> picking off things one by one. Uh, the fusion gun had to get super close in order to do anything which kind of works out for my um works out for my necron warriors uh i think at one point i had a warrior who was sitting on top of a vantage point um i kind of offered my leader as a sacrifice to get the fusion the fusion gun out of the way because uh, you know you, you've got to sometimes offer really big um really big incentives to do things um so the fusion gun flew super close to my leader, uh, Necron Warrior leapt off a building and um, blasted the fusion gun to death, because Gore's Reapers are amazing. So, 
that, 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 that's it, really. Uh, it's, it's very much a grindy game of, okay, here's the thing. You want to shoot me? That's fine. Now I can shoot you and I can kill you. If you're not going to shoot me, I know you're not going to charge me in combat because you're Tau, so I can kind of just sit on objectives and outlast anything that you might have. Oh, no, it was, it was a really good tactic. Like I said, my... My kill team is more like an early game kill team. I get all the momentum early and then I, I mm. don't struggle, but I don't do great if I haven't got momentum early. Yeah. I think the same applies yeah. to the Forge World, but the, the cool thing about Necrons is they're really late game. So it's like yes. we all had very different play styles. Mm. Um, and then like at the end of round one, I was tied for top four, top five. Cause I would, no, yeah, tied for top four, I think. Cause I was, um, yeah, I'd maxed out everything. Yeah. And then yeah. Uh, you guys were still, like, because it was 38 players, but you guys were still in the upper echelons. Of, yeah, I mean, well, I, I, I we had were all 15. On, we were all on one win and we'd exactly. all scored most of our tack ops. Yeah, so. I, I had 15 points out of turn one, which is only three points yeah. less than you can score in total. So Yeah. Yeah, because the interesting thing, the game, they, they write uh, wins, then it's tack ops scored, then mm. it's VP. Yeah. Uh, so I'd max out everything. So going into round two. I yep. played Orc Commandos. It, what mission was that again? It was, it, it was the six objectives, but where you you hold them, then you walk off them to capture yes. others. Uh, yeah. I think it was two point two. Yeah, two point two. Um, not domination. Um, oh yeah, it was seize ground. Seize ground. Seize yeah. ground. So it's a really good mission. It's quite balanced. It, you kind of have to remember you don't have to sit on points, but then it's really easy for your opponent to steal them because you basically, uh, if you hold two or more, you get one. If you hold more, you get one. If you hold one opponent's objective, you get one. If you hold two of them, you get two. Uh, you get another one. So you can you can get four a turn. Uh, so I, I was once again seek and destroy. Uh, I once again became the attacker. Uh, my opponent went for infiltrate because he thought I was going to recon, and I infiltrated him to get first. And I went seek and destroy this time, partly because I was like, maybe I should go infiltrate, but I haven't played enough infiltrate, and I'm more confident with seek and destroy. So I did my trick with Seek and Destroy where I get Challenge and I had Route. So I did my Stalk because I have Adrenal Gland, so I make a 9-inch move, a 7-inch move, then I can make a 9-inch charge. And I basically could get on his left flank either his Grot, Commando, or his Daka Boy. And originally, in the scouting phase, I was like, you know what? Statistically, John, you should go for this Grot. It's 7 Wounds. Your gene still is going to kill it. If it kill it, you get challenge for two and you get route for one. That's free VP, bam. And then I looked at the Daka boy. I was like, did you give him chopper? And he was like, no. And then I was like, he's only three, four, right? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Three attacks, three, four, 10 wins. And I was like, okay, you know what? If I kill this guy, the grot is annoying, but you know, what can the grot do? I'll get to that later. And then I was like, the Daka guy, he can actually be an annoying threat because if he gets within six, he could just blast me apart. So I was like, you know what? I don't need to pop feed. Oh, I'm going for the kill. Charging uh, four hits, two crits and a hit. Then he basically rolls one hit, two hits. He hits me, uh, hits me three times. Hits me two times and parries me. And then I go crit for five. And then I've got like a crit and a hit left, basically, or something. And then I'll go, okay, I'll crit you. And then he goes. Uh, before I was going to strike, he said, before you do that, at the start of the combat, he's like, I have a tactical objective, a tactical ploy that lets me, for one CP, negate one strike or one damage dice, like from shooting and attacking. I was like, what? I was like, yeah, 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 it's just one CP, but I get a strike. And I was like, and you've only rolled four hits, right? I was like, yeah. And then he like, he, so he parried one of my normal hits. So I had two crits and a hit, and then he, he striked me twice. And then he just went, 
I'll take a crit. Uh, are you going to crit me? Yeah, I'll pay a CP and then I'll hit you. So I, li- I live on one. And then I was like, oh, that's free. Like a challenge had immediately failed. Because uh, the problem I have with Seek and Destroy is like, it's the same thing with Underworlds. I love aggro, but then what I found, if I was playing too aggressively, it forced me to do early gambles that could cost me the game. And denying myself two tack up points immediately was like, oh, crap. And then what he did is basically I'd sacked a gene stealer for no reason. Uh, and then basically, um, turn one, scored one point, he scored four. Uh, turn t- no, yeah, he scored four. <laughs> Turn two, I scored... No, he scored three, sorry. Then I scored one. He scored three. Uh, he was scoring all his tech ops because his stupid grot was flying around the board claiming everything with his amazing slingshot. Uh, so then at the end of turn two, it was two, seven to him. Uh, at the end of turn three, I managed to claw it back to... Because I, I was losing Gene Stealer, so he was always ahead on numbers. Turn three, I managed to claw back three points. So it was... Uh, six, uh, da, 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 yeah, five, <laughs> five, nine, or something, uh, five, seven, or something. And then on the final turn, I managed to wipe out most of his stuff. So we won even numbers. And I controlled all the points. So I got four. I got loot and salvage for two. And effectively, I made a YOLO charge that would have won me the game if my injured leader, who would have died if he rolled a crit to hit me, and he failed to roll any crits. And he basically did that annoying negate damage to survive on one. Because if my leader killed the burner boy, I would have got another point for route. And then I would have hold, played all his points. would would be holding none. But then he realized if he just stayed where he is, I still... I used one gene stealer on one wound left and one gene stealer on three wound left to control his other two points. And I still controlled two of mine. But he effectively won by one because he controlled one more point in my territory because I couldn't clear it. I had to go and contest. So, because I, I couldn't kill the deck. Uh, it was a Dacker Boy. I should have charged the Dacker Boy. It's fine. No, no, it was a Slasher Boy. I couldn't charge the Slasher Boy. The Slasher Boy would have murdered my leader. Uh, but he used grenades really well. And in the end, we calculated it, and I managed to turn it from a crushing defeat into a 12-11 loss. And I was like, I was very annoyed at myself because I didn't research the... Because I played Commandos a lot, and I didn't research the Commando attack ploys because otherwise I would have just... And I was annoyed because like, oh, I, if I'd gone for the Grot, I would have won. Because that stupid Grot did so much stuff, but we'll get to the Grot later, because everyone basically played against the Grot. Uh, and then I found out uh, he was the creator of the game. Uh, and he was like, uh, uh, it turned out I I played the, I was the, his toughest game the entire tournament. Uh, and he said, in a long time. So I was like, you know what? I'll take that. Because he was like, uh, uh, the game turned into like 5D chess. Because w- when we like play games, you know, you have your casual game, and then you get to the point where every move is like, uh, it's like that scene in, uh, what do you call it? The Hangover, when you're just like massively calculating everything. So that was the game. It was really fun. Um, and yeah, I lost by one to the creator of the game. So that was fun. Uh, uh, you guys will have an even better round two than me. Yeah, Charles, who did you play against? Do tell uh, I mean, this guy who's a blogger. I think it's something like, like off meta something. Yeah, exactly. yeah we ended up being drawn against each other in round mm. two, which... Always seems to happen. You go to a tournament with friends, and yeah. some of you get paired up in a round. Um, exactly. We were both on a win. We both scored relatively well, so it mm. ended up just being the way the random Swiss happened. Yeah, we got paired. Um, so again, so you, I I'm took, sure you didn't bribe the TR. I'm sure you didn't. <laughs> well, I, I took um, the the same fighting I took in the previous game with the yep. combat scarons and the Arkham plasma because 
I know the Necrons are strong in melee because they have quite decent damage, but they don't have a lot of attacks. They're metal fists, um, that's why. <laughs> yeah, the, the massive bayonets. Um, and if I took double fight, double shooting, his shooting is better apart from my special weapons. Um, yeah, my, my, my base shooting yeah. is better, but his um, his, his special is better. So. Yeah, and the, the combat from my side kind of helped even things out. Mm. And again, the game was pretty balanced, but I, I pushed up more aggressively, Itan didn't push back as aggressively, and anyway, Itan could go over the couple of mistakes he made after after playing game. Well, if I'd done X and Y differently, it would have either flipped the game to be a win in Itan's direction, or would have reduced the gap to yeah. one or two points. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's these things that happen on hindsight. I essentially had the option to uh, kill one of your guys with shooting and then i would have been in a position with the same immortal to overwatch and kill um your which, which what was it is it your leader no the um uh, yeah no it was the leader because the leader the leader shot a guy and then charged around the corner into yes. a necron yes um, <laughs> just so he then couldn't be shot back and instead of disengaging you you fought him i, I fought him exactly so yeah. if i disengage with my necron warrior the leader's just kind of sitting there like a lemon and um in all reality the immortal that i had in mind would have killed both it would have stopped charles from planting his banner uh oh no you had had you planted your banner by the i hadn't point? i hadn't i hadn't planted the banner at a point i'd i'd run the guy behind the yeah. combat so he could gain cover and not be shot yes as he was concealed yes and yes, the yes. following turn he ran towards your your drop zone to drop a banner on the edge of the board. Exactly. There, there was um, about there was a in in that one move there was about three or four victory points uh, in it. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah. So if I managed to do that, it might have swung either way. Um, again, I don't know if it would have resulted in a win for me, but it would have made a, for a very different game because then I would have I wouldn't you, have you had would have, to... You would have always scored like an extra attack up or two exactly, and yeah. denied and, me some of the points. Yes, and I wouldn't have had to um, dedicate more firepower to killing off your leader after the banner was placed on the next turn and I could have used my guys for different things. Um, but that was interesting, that one. Uh, it was, again, something that I only realised once I'd done it. I thought, well, this is... And again, we've we've played using different fire teams against each other, so we both knew how we each played games. Um, so that was like half the thing is, you already know your opponent, um, yes. what are they going to do? But it was, uh, it was it was an interesting game uh, I did win, which at the end of the day ended up making it so that uh, Itan, who came, Itan ended up coming fourth. Yes. Um, <laughs> Spoil it. What are you doing? Oh, He's sweating well. it. Let him go. Well, we, we won't go any further than that, but it's uh, it was well, an interesting. Necrons are bad. They can't do anything, remember? Yeah. I mean, they <laughs> the Necrons are just very resilient because even if you kill one guy, there's a chance that that guy won't be dead for the game. Mm. Um, you made all of your um, you made all of your will be back saves because you did it twice on immortals, I think it was, and once on a warrior. Twice on immortals, once on warrior. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, um, no, it would have been three will be back. So it must have been two warriors yeah. and one immortal. Yeah, and they, they are just the uh, they are just resilient to taking a lot of damage because three up saves, four up saves, the nine wounds and the ten wounds mm. just mean you've got to put either a decent shot into them or multiple hits to even bring one down. And if you don't kill them and next time they get two wounds back yeah and again we, um, we both pretty much started all concealed apart from one guy <laughs> yeah and it, it was a very again it was a very turn one 
get to positions, yeah. turn two, few shots back and forwards. I mean, you killed them all on turn one by leaping uh, yeah, that guy onto a building. So. Yeah, I, my... Uh, my the rifle. It was, no, it was the arc rifle. No, it was the arc rifle. The plasma was the in the other place. He he leapt up a building and zapped the uh, zapped the mortal with like two crits and two hits. Yeah. Um, he didn't save anything and just fell over dead. Which <laughs> he I found then uh, you will be back to him. Which then yes. he doesn't take the stun effect from the uh, arc, arc rifle, rifle. Yeah. because oh. he's, he's incapacitated and removed, so he know he doesn't get the stun. So when he mm. came back next turn, he had his full AP. Yep. Nice. Um, but yeah, you, you guys uh, continued the the situation of every time you go to tournaments, you play each other, right? Yes, pretty every, much. Yeah, pretty much yeah. every single tournament for any kind of game system. Didn't you go to like go to like a two hundred player tournament and still ended up playing each other? Yeah, I'm we pretty did. sure we, we did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure we did. <laughs> so, so some of us had a really good round two, which we never stopped talking about occasionally, and then uh, you know <laughs> some of us had a really bad round two. Round three, well, I mean, it wasn't bad. You know, didn't win, but it's, I, I enjoyed. I really enjoyed my game. Round three. I'm going to go get some popcorn, by the way, whilst uh, it was you. <laughs> yeah, you know, this. I mean, Itan and Charles ha- have heard a lot about this. Yeah. Following on social media, you might have been seeing me talk about this in some capacity. So we were playing uh, Data Tethers, right? In, in um, the Upload uh, Data Spirits, the da- I think. Yes, yeah, that was the one yeah, for so round three. Six missions, I mean, six objectives. You've got two central ones that are worth zero. They're worth one if you remove the uplinks, if you remove one, and if you remove two, they're worth two. I was playing yeah, Death Core Creek. Is diagonal deployments as well. Diagonal deployment. Uh, so I was playing into Death Core Creek. I was like, okay, he's probably going to go 10 or four guys. Once again, I was like, I want to go Steelers and Gaunts, but because of the way the terrain was, he had a vantage point in his path. I was like, the gaunts will just get shot off. I need the gene stealers to abuse conceal. And the problem I found with double gene stealers is the tack op selection. So I was like, I'll just have to go seek and destroy because I don't think infiltrate will work on this mission because I need to fight on the points and infiltrate will force me to do stuff away from the points, which is the problem when I'm probably going to first 10 and 14 guys. He picked 14 guys, didn't have a medic, he had like a bunch of characters. And I was like, okay. He's got a big kill team, but he's got a ton of cheat te- uh, she- uh, cheat sheets, and he's like going like, this works, this, so I'm like, okay, cool. So he seems to know what he's doing. That's fine. Uh, <clears throat> so we set up. Uh, I won initiative because he went infiltrate. Like it's, it's weird. Like Looking back on it, there were tons of signs. He's like, oh, you know, I'm fairly new. And then he was like, attack ops. I mean, for scouting, he went, he went like, infiltrate. It's like, he goes, I win. And then uh, he, like, he literally like, <laughs> he's like, I'm going to win. And then I went, uh, fortify. <laughs> and he just looked so angry that i had stolen priority uh and then because fortify beats uh, rec- uh infiltrate so then I, I went first claimed his point and effectively uh, but what i didn't realize our scouting phase took nearly like 20 minutes because he like thing he was trying to say he was doing his order uh, his order he was trying to do his strategic ploys for free and i was like no 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 i i, I he did it first and like five minutes later i was like no 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 your orders are free <laughs> um and then yeah, we resolved that, but I didn't realize our, our scouting phase, so his basically, I mean, our you know our strategic phase took 20 minutes. Round one, our turning point one, took almost an hour because when they said it, we, you've got half an hour left, I was like, oh my gosh, what has happened? So I was like, we need to pick up. Because uh, he, he basically did his, he did the strategic dash. His dash took like moving 14 guys, took five to 10 minutes. And he started suiciding, like he started his old team as infiltrators, like conceal. And I didn't understand why. 
And then he just started throwing guys on the point because he picked the tack up where he's like controlling the points, like just easy tack ups. Uh, but the problem is you have to hold them. But he was just throwing guys on the point to the suicide. And I was like, okay. So at the end of turn one, I had gotten uh, three from the primary. He'd gotten four because he just ran onto the central point and he got two from his tack ops. I was like, okay, I need to, I've lost a gene stealer. Uh, I need to like play. So I started doing like crazy things and I, I basically stole what I turned in. Because what this guy did, he was running guys onto the point and just like passing. So I was like, I'm going to double charge both and kill one because the other guy can't disengage. So what I had to do was bait him onto the point because uh, he had a, a container in his point. So he'd put half of his team, like six guys, onto the container. So I, I had to do it right to bait him into like, because I, I effectively blocked his movement. So what I did, I baited his guardsman onto the point. And at one point, I had one guardsman charged by four gene stealers refusing to punch him because I was controlling the point and I had spaced out to the point that he had no way to actually get onto the point without charging me. And he didn't want to charge me because he knew I, I would just kill him. Uh, so I was daisy chaining all these gene stealers, killing guardsmen, and then like just not killing guardsmen. I body blocked him. And by the end, like end of turn two, we had like 10 minutes. Like, we need to pick up, we need to pick up. Like we need to play this, like finish. And then he's obviously slowed down, finished his turn at the end of turn two. And I was like, look, can we like at least play a quick turn three? This is ridiculous. Like I'm in a position just to like win. Like I, like, I didn't say I was like, going to win, but come on, like we need to play turn three. We've only played turn two. Because the annoying thing, and I'd, I'd lost track of time because I thought he wasn't a slow player because spoilers, he was. And because um, I, I thought the cheat sheets and stuff and I had to play out of my mind to contest everything, to play, to win. So turn three and four, I would have wiped him out because he was suiciding guardsmen onto the point to hold them and it wasn't sustainable. So I, I knew I was like, the way he's playing, this won't last. And then at the end, it was like, well, um, you know, I'm new to the game. I've only been playing three weeks. I've only been playing four slash five. I've been playing the same time. And he's like, well, what do you expect? I'm playing a 14 operative kill team. Uh, games are not going to be fast. I'm not going to play fast. And it's just like, wow. Like at that point, I was just like, wow, you've just slow played me then. And like his friend came over, friend was fine. And his friend was like, oh, wow, you, you've lost a lot of guardsmen. It's like, yeah, but I won. And I was like, well, only one because of timeout, because literally turn three and four, he would have folded. Like he had no, he had like sacrificed all his guardsmen. Uh, so I basically got slow played, told the judges, but unfortunately they said like, because I, I didn't raise it earlier, there was nothing that could be done. And I found out at the end of the tournament, he had never got past game two. Uh, thankfully he didn't finish three and round one. Round two. Uh, round two sorry he never got past round two his entire tactic was uh get ahead on the primaries but max out on tac ops because if you look at his you know, like i won't name him but he knows who he is uh but it's basically like all his tac ops he scored he tried to max out his tac ops but minimum on the primary because all he did was just run into the point slow 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 and then finish the game at turn two and try and win and it basically worked for half his games and the problem is it like this is what i hate about slow players it doesn't win you the tournament. You're not really playing the game. And all you do is just ruin the game for everyone else. And like the, the only satisfaction I had was in turn four, he got destroyed by custodies because he tried to do the same thing and they did it better than him because they wiped him out in two turns. Anyway, that was, that was my turn three. <laughs> that was my game three. I had a great time. It's so good. I'm so happy. You guys go. <laughs> 
Uh, I think I'll go for this one. Yep. What did you say, Charles? You're right. So my sure. um, my game three was against um, uh, Zinch. Uh, a thousand, no, thousand Suns. Thousand Suns, that's it. Um, well, Zinch is Zinch, right? <laughs> thousand Suns. Uh, it, the kill team consisted of a bunch of Zangor and um, uh, a bunch of uh, Rubric Marines and an aspiring Sorcerer, and um, there was like the heavy weapon in there. Um, so a pretty, pretty standard Thousand Suns. Um, Thousand Suns list. Um, I was the defender in this uh, particular game. Um, so what I chose to do is again set up everything uh, concealed, um, which you know it, it works for me. <laughs> um, but uh, when choosing uh, the dice, I opted for uh, changing the order of one of your operatives um, in the first round. Now. Obviously, if you're playing against Thousand Suns, um, they've got their psychic powers, and one of them is Firestorm. And Firestorm is like a big old barrage AOE weapon um, uh, that uh, the, the the sorcerer can use. And if he does so, usually, if it's against things that are like, I don't know, seven wounds with a four-up save, it'll get a bunch of damage on a bunch of guys that might kill a might kill a couple of them um so but so what i wanted to do because because thousand suns pretty much their entire linchpin is the aspiring sorcerer and if you take him out it suddenly becomes a really hard time i wanted to offer a big old juicy firestorm target to try and bait out um a sorcerer a uh, sorcerer attack so essentially i lumped up uh three necron warriors and a couple of immortals i think my lord was in there also on one side of the field all in base-to-base -base contact with each other all um all concealed, just thinking, okay, well, you know what? Maybe something will happen, and maybe not on the first turn, because generally I don't I don't really play to do stuff on the first turn. I play to set up on the second turn. That's quite that's kind of why I like playing as a defender, because you can kind of go, okay, all my stuff is concealed. I can see what my opponent is doing, and then I can try and react to it. And then generally on the on the second turn, the defender will get to go because he was defender last turn and it's it's uh, more more chance that he'll go um, at the first first on the second turn, um, and then you can kind of do things to take advantage of any mistakes your opponent may have had. Um, but he also chose to change um, the operatives uh, order uh, order, and um, he changed it with his sorcerer, and he did his firestorm. His firestorm it it did a bunch of wounds, but you know Necrons they heal two wounds at the beginning of each round and firestorm is only two damage despite the amount of dice it throws into things um so the damage was ultimately pretty minimal and yeah as soon as the sorcerer popped his head out i waited for the rest of his activations and my last one was okay let's change the order of um, my lord and let's have my lord turn that sorcerer into ash um and that's exactly what he did he 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 got his shot off gauze is super good at uh, taking out um, Space Marines due to the um, the AP one, uh, and so his aspiring sorcerer kind of died on the first turn, which was a massive blow. Um, I think anyway. Um, the one of the things that he did super surprise me with was his Zangors. Uh, he gave all of his Zangors like the magic golden horns, um, yeah. whatever, whatever they're called, to give them lethal five. Um, and then on top of that, he gave them all. Um, double Zangor blades. So each Zangor, when they hit you, they would hit you with something like five attacks, uh, hitting on th uh, threes or fours, I can't remember if it, it might be fours, um, with lethal five, but re-rolling everything. Um, 
And four five damage and as well. Four five damage, yes. It, it's huge damage to, to be taking in combat. Um, and essentially, I, I tried kind of to do what I do in most games is okay, here's my sacrificial warrior. You charge my warrior. Okay, you're active now. Now I can shoot you kill you and i was doing that but because he had it's uh six and four so he he had um not six and four uh he he had basically as many activations as i did uh so it becomes super difficult to try and keep on top of the activations uh when you're losing guys and necrons what they're really good at is bouncing back if one guy dies a turn if suddenly you have two guys three dies dying a turn you can't reanimation protocols everybody because you can only do that stratagem once per turn um and it all gets a little bit ropey. So I kind of made this weird wall out of Necron Warriors just to try and stop him from attacking <laughs> immortals. <laughs> um, uh, and eventually it kind of did play out. I managed to kill off the rest of the um, actual Thousand Sons, the Rubric Marines. Um, I think at the end of the game, there was only two Zangles um, left. Uh, going into the last turn, I scored eight victory points on that last turn. Holy crap. Is- yeah, which is basically what won me um, that game. Now, I scored um, 13 victory points in total um, from that entire game. But pretty much I scored uh, five... Uh, was it five? Yeah, I think it was like five secondaries and like three mission objectives or something like like four mission objectives and four secondaries on that on that last turn. Um, so it, it, was, it was a little bit dicey. <laughs> But I kind of managed to pull it back once I'd managed to get everyone out of the way because uh, I really just could not let those angles just run from guy to guy, knocking them out mm. um, every turn. And I did my, my usual thing, which is the thing John has uh, kind of stolen from me, <laughs> is uh, push the warriors up, then pop out. Um, they can shoot, but on that turn when they um, go engaged... Uh, as they haven't moved, they can shoot at one thing, charge at another thing to lock it up. Uh, because they're out of AP, they can't strike. Um, and then to get out of that fight, whatever that they're in combat with either has to kill me using his activation, and then he's only got one AP left, so he's not going to charge something else. All he's got is maybe a move if they're going to do that. Um, or they've got to waste both AP just to get out of the combat. And um, as Charles has said, Necron fists are pretty good i mean they're, they're yeah. not amazing uh but you know when you're throwing a bunch of dice at someone doing threes and fours for your damage uh you can really chip them away and especially how good the necrons are defensively with that nine wounds and the ability to come back i think is a really valid tactic um so oh, yeah, charge always... blocking is, is huge i completely yeah. stole it from you like that's how i was ba- <laughs> I basically should have won turn like i mean i should have won that game but it's like <laughs> basically charge blocking is hugely strong because as you said it's disengaging and people if they have only two AP, they're like, I, you've basically dudded my operative. Yes, so. exactly. And it, it, yeah. it's kind of what helps the pure shooting fire teams get around big combat fire teams. Because you know, okay, well, all right, the guy's there. He has to attack the guy that you put in front of him. Because it's hmm. either you attack or you fall back. But if you fall back, that's an entire turn. You only have four turns in the game. That's That's a quarter of the game wasted. Uh, mm. For that, for that character, and on on that, I'd say we, I think we all played only two APL against two APL teams. Well, you played the, the couple of Marines in the Thousand Suns. I played, Sons, I played Thousand Suns, and I played um, uh, well, two and three. in the next round. Oh no, I played yeah. against three APL. Oh, did you, uh, all of my games were against uh, two APL teams, and it's far more balanced and fair when nobody has three or four activations per guy. 
Um, yeah, it becomes more difficult to do things like locking up things in combat if they have three APL. Because yeah, because a, a Marine could just fall back and just gun you down. Yes, yes. But you know what? Even if they're full backing, so they fall back for two and then they shoot you for one, that means they're not double tapping Shooting you. something else, yeah. Exactly. They, they can't shoot you twice. If they fight you, it means that, they, it means that they're probably a decent fighter, right? But what it does mean is that, okay, you've just fought. Now you can't fight me again. So yeah, he can't, he can't then go and charge and fight something yeah. else. And they're activated. And even if they do charge, as long as the thing that you have that he charges hasn't activated, then you can always just fall back and then shoot it and then carry on with your life. Hmm. Uh, um, by the way, if you hear the police, it's just because Itan is uh, oh, most yeah, wanted, uh, and like, everyone's fight trying to find him because of the next one. <laughs> uh, but then Charlie, who, d- who did you play against? Um, it was a guy playing some Orc Commandos, and he was pr- he was pretty good at the game. Seems did he had, speak like, about over a someone he played last round? I think. Oh, he, yeah, he he mentioned that he played some kind of YouTuber last round. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, I also he, he was heard a, he he did he's not with bad. And grappling hooks. Yeah, so I I Goblin. played uh, Elliot, who uh, is one of the designers who John played in the previous round with his no, Commandos. He's the, he, he is the designer for the game. Oh, he sorry, wrote the Kill designer. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, he 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 said he didn't do it all on his own. Um. Yeah, yeah. So. But yeah, he 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 knew the commandos inside and out. Um, he played them incredibly well for how commandos are kind of they're a good team that you can even give to a bad player, and at least if the bad player at least has a grasp of the rules, can play well um, because they can do a lot of things from conceal, which makes them semi immune to being shot, uh, especially if you don't have easily accessible vantage points. Um, he also used a he used them in a very unorky way, uh, where most people assume, oh, orcs, they're going to run across the board, charge you, murder you in combat. He only was in combat twice, and that's when I charged him to lock him up. Uh, he used a lot of the shooting power of the commandos to very good effect. Uh, like his breacher boy used his ability to move through terrain to get into range to throw the TNT. Um, which absolutely messed one guy up and wounded two others. Uh, it's a very strong attack, but requires two AP to use. So he used his comms boy to give him an extra AP, so the the breacher could run through, run and throw it. Yeah, that's what uh, he did to he me. He the, like he did yeah. that YOLO grenade on. He used the, the backer strategy a lot um, for the rerolls on, or not the rerolls, but the being able to change a miss to a hit on his sniper. Uh, I managed to play, I believe, well enough to... His Rocket Boy, I think, only got one good shot off in the game because where he was, he couldn't see anybody because they were either concealed or out of sight, and then he had to move to get the shot. But um, I kind of got pinned in my deployment zone by the terrain because um, there, there was two layouts. There was one that used the Verticus terrain and one that used the Octarius terrain. And the Verticus one, because of a lot of it is heavy terrain that's non-traversable, um, the way the boards were set up with the corners, one corner was kind of semi-blocked in with heavy terrain, and you physically, unless you climbed it, couldn't go out of it. Um, and I, I, I horribly lost the game. I only scored one primary and one secondary. Uh, again, I took security, and I ended. I had um, protect assets and central control. I, om- I almost scored protect assets twice, but I only managed to take out one orc. Um, buy an objective in one turn, then took out another one by an objective in the, in the next turn, so I couldn't score the second parts. I killed, like, three or four of the orcs um, from shooting where 
he moved them into advantageous position for him to do things, but then my return fire could kill them and his return fire killed back. I still think the Orc Sniper is a bit too strong. It does only do two damage per hit, but the mortal it's wounds the are good. Dice, but free it's, the, it, it's the six dice, yeah. It's it's really, really strong. Being able to shoot from stealth. Um, if you can get him onto a vantage point, which the orcs can get a, a rope piece of equipment that lets him just traverse up any point of a terrain feature. So he could, he just moved where he could get to the edge of a platform, straight up the platform onto the vantage point, hmm. and then he has free range of targets. I'm sorry um, to interrupt you, Charles, but you do you, you know, you've been, you've been holding off for too long, but you do know that the true monster, which I faced as well, was the Commando Grot. And we, we have not yeah, been able to off. The, the Commando Grot is a very easy thing to write off as a, it's a Grot, it can't really do anything, what can it do? And it then goes, oh, I'm in my deployment zone, you see that building over there, grab a line, and flies across the board onto an objective. I was like, oh, wait, what's the range of that? Oh, it's just as long as it's, in, it's visible. It's like, oh, that's impressive. Um, it's a... a I'm pretty sure most, if you really read the kill team, play with it a bit and understand how it can be used, it's better than just taking another orc boy. 100%. Because it, it can just do things that you don't expect it to do. It will fly across the board to an objective and just take an objective or capture it from an opponent or just provide an annoyance because, wait, it's gone to the other side of the board. Is it going to triangulate or is it going to try and do a vantage? Because I'm, I'm not, I can't remember which tack op decks the orc have, but it's like, Wait, Infiltrate and you can destroy. Yeah, can this grot do an objective that if I ignore it, I'm going to lose points for? Um, or is it just going to be an annoyance that's in my flank that I have to worry about this thing stopping me scoring an objective? Because like, uh, if you've got taken, if you've got hold the line, and this grot just suddenly whizzes across the board to within range of your drop zone, and suddenly you're like, well, I've now got to dedicate something to kill this grot to stop me scoring, to, so I can score hold the line. Um, it's a super annoyance. It's prob- probably overlooked by um, some orc players, but again, once like I say once you understand how the orcs work, it's a versatile tool. Uh, he didn't use the bomb swig. I mean, there's possibly some amazing things you can do with the bomb swig, but it's. Against... I, I think there's like some kind of broken play with the bomb squig that no, no one knows. You run yeah. against custodies because it will, it will, yeah, kill, it, it should it, kill a custodian. It can do a lot of damage when it does go off. That's if it doesn't get shot before it gets there. Yeah. Um, uh, personally, I, I think uh, commanders have been slept on. I think Defcon commanders are really strong. It's well, only because of the power of custodies that they're the not really focused is, on much. Uh, we went to that Bad Moon event, uh, and there was like custodies and Grey Knights and Tyranny. There was like loads of what are the meta power factions from the look of it, and no commandos. And then at Warhammer World, there was like five commando players. Oh, yeah. And they all did reasonably well. And like, well, Elliot. Elliot did incredibly well, um, as as he should do, um, <laughs> and it's it's one of those ones that no they are they do have all of the extra rules, they have all of the specialisms, and you can very much tailor a kill team to an opponent almost and go right. Yeah. Well, I, uh, oh, they're always. G- I'm playing against the uh, Gene Stealers. Well, I'm never going to be able to shoot them. Do I bother taking the um, Sniper Boy, or do I take another combat vote, another combat one? Mm. Um, but, um, I think was I forgot my my score was seven five by the way. Uh, Charles, you've already said yours, Adam. What was it again? Um, mine was uh, let me just flip back. I think it was like eleven eight because you said th- you won th- thirteen eleven, yeah. but eight of those yeah. were in the last turn. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And mine one, mine was one one. It's like I got Wait, absolutely you- trapped and annihilated by the orcs. 
No, didn't he beat you like thirteen uh, one or something? Or was it eight? Uh, he he scored uh, he scored quite highly in that round. Um, he scored mostly primaries and some of the secondaries. Yeah. Uh, Elliot had, so yeah, no, so he got seventeen. He got one off maximum, <laughs> um, which was one, which was the one primary point that I got. Yeah. He scored eleven <laughs> primaries and he scored full secondaries. It's just well, good um, yeah, I mean, like, that's what you get for being Itan. Uh, well, yes, yes. Yeah, I know. If, uh, that could have if, been me. <laughs> that could have been you, and then you would have had the hard time. Well, yeah. I, I think it would have been an interesting matchup. It's not <laughs> it would have been interesting, but the, the commandos, yeah. But he, and yeah, if I the, won, are we would be playing each other, Charles. Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but then um, uh, going into round four, mine was quick. It was like it was commandos. Um, once again, I went with ten gene stealers. I probably should have gone with gene stealers and warriors because we were playing. What was it again? It's 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 the one where you get a CP and a VP uh, when you actually. It's the it's the no no it's the the Domination? gambit one. Gambit it's, yeah it's the gambit. No it was uh it's yeah, the so one it's where the you, gambit you, you each each player chooses jewel of wits I think yeah. it's it was jewel of wits, wits. Yeah. each player so, chooses and then you can claim so there, there's it for one there's five objectives on the board uh three the three that are across the central line diagonally each player picks one to be a uh primary objective yes. or gambit objective you get a victory point for doing. Uh, for doing the action on that objective, um, so you could score two from that, and then if you hold more objectives in total at the end of the turn, you scored another two. Yes. Yeah. So, um, uh, yeah. So the way it worked was, what do you call it? Uh, no, if you hold both, it's two. It's four. Sorry. No, 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 no. It's, so you, yeah, you get one point per gambit action you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, and then point two more. points if you hold more objectives than your opponent. And that's uh, across uh, all the objectives, not just yeah. the two main Not ones. just the gambit ones. So I played commandos. Uh, once again, double D gene stealers. I am actually, at the end of this, I don't think I'm a fan of double gene stealers anymore. Like, against, like, good opponents, it's really tough because of the tack ops. So, uh, I went seek and destroy again. Probably should have gone infiltrate. Uh, couldn't get challenge. Uh, I got one for route. <laughs> Uh, so he did his like the annoying thing is right. He boxed himself in. I think he was a new player. Like he thought we we agreed that heavy wasn't traversable. Tried moving through the heavy. I said you can't do that. You can with the breacher boy because the breacher boy has special rules. But then like his commando guy is gonna. I'm gonna detonate your building there. I was like okay. I'm not gonna let that happen. And then he did interloper instead. So his got just flew across the board and just left the game for two VP. And I was like <laughs> you son of you you anyway. Uh, so I won that game. Uh, I maxed out, so I got thirteen and uh, thirteen to two. So he only scored one via stack ops. I basically shot him down because he, he didn't understand the contesting. I think, and he didn't realize that gene stealers are immune to shooting. So I was literally just not being shot at, and I was claiming the gambit and holding more every turn. So even when he won priority, he couldn't contest because I had more on the point. So he tried. I uh, tried clearing them, and then I just moved someone on to claim. So it. it I'd learned from Elliot and then basically just dismantled the Orc player. I felt a bit bad for him, but it was a tournament game. So I ended up winning 13-1. And the, the main thing I got, I was like, I don't think I should play double gene stealers anymore. But but that was my, my game four. Yeah. Um, so my game four was against uh, another Death Corp Creek player, in fact, oh. veteran guardsman. Oh, with 14 uh, he- guardsmen? Yeah, he also took the ancillary support of four additional guardsmen. Wow, and must have been I a slow the, game, Charles. Well, I had the complete opposite of John's game, where he was a brand new player who had only re- this was his first event. He was he was also a, a younger player, and 
uh, he we completed the game with like ten minutes to go. We played all four rounds. Um, I I actually had to ask more questions about the Krieg because I was like, hang on. He used a few really interesting piece of equipment that I'd looked at but hadn't really looked at, and he used the Death Corps. Well, I said the the Veteran Guardsman tactical uh, tac ops, uh, which he used to a really good effect. Um, but it was again, it was a quite balanced game because it's seven seven wound five up save models versus seven and ten wound four up save models. He had more guys. He has all the special rules. Um, like his sniper, every turn just popped a guy um, without fail. Sniper shot a guy, guy died. Shot a guy, die guy. Um, he used the mortar barrage a couple of times, good effect. Where I'd had to cluster up around the objectives on the terrain. Um, and he used the medic really well, but I well my my first shot of the game was I moved um, my plasma gun who was in cover out of cover and shot his plasma gunner who was at, who was in cover but engaged, uh, murdered him. He medicked him. Uh, he then didn't activate his plasma gunner next. I then activated one of my other guys who who was hidden from deployment, moved around, shot the plasma gun again, and just killed him because he's already used the medic action. Um, so there was a few things he may have not done well because having only played a few games not realizing what can happen but he still played a really good game and yeah we finished with no issue on time i think you even finished um, early didn't you yeah well, well i say we we finished like with 5 to 10 minutes left we got the full we got the full game in we weren't exactly fast playing but we weren't going slow um but we were losing models on both sides very regularly so the game was a natural progression which when you when you said you'd only managed to play two rounds versus a 14 model kill team i'm like but wait how's that even possible unless the the opponent was legitimately taking five minutes to move one guardsman i mean most kill, most kill teams most kill yeah. teams are around nine to ten models anyway yeah. so adding another four models doesn't suddenly well and also those four models well those four models only add two activations because they're group activation two yeah so it's not like you go from 10 activations to 14. You go from 10 activations to 12. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I ended up winning the game. It was 13-7 um, uh, because I managed to I managed to score. Um, I scored badly in the first round on primary objectives. Uh, but the second round, I managed to start pushing him off the points with the Sakarans and scoring my secondaries. And I scored full secondaries. Uh, yeah, so six on the secondary, seven on the primaries, uh, and he managed to score four primary and only three secondary um, because he had both taken hold and essentially the Krieg version of taken hold. Yeah. Uh, but I'd managed to move up the board enough to block his deployment zone. Um, but it was a good game. Yeah, and you managed to get a full game with uh, 14 guards on the player. How did you get <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, I played against Death Corps. Uh, not 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 Death Guard, uh, Death Guard, Death Guard. Death ah, guys. yeah. Uh, against Charles's brother, Charles Charles, <laughs> yeah, Charles's brother. The, the other shepherd. There were two shepherds. At, at not actually my brother, but has no, the same name. Exactly. Um, <laughs> That's his story. He essentially took um, a squad of five guys. Uh, really. Um, so he had the 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 leader. His leader had a power fist. He had a fighter with a big choppy thing. That at the end of the day, when you're playing. A, Necrons and you have no combat. Uh, anything that hits you and kills you is 
pretty much the same weapon <laughs> in combat. That is, uh, he had um, a shooter, a, shoot, a couple of shooter guys, bot guns, and he had um, the specialist and his special special weapons guy had a plasma gun, I believe. Um, so I actually uh, I was defender again in this. Um, in, in this particular game, which again, that all suits me. Um, I thought, okay, what do we need to, realistically speaking, what do we need to do in this game? He's only got five guys, so I need to kill a guy a turn, and if I do that, I'll be able to neutralize the entire kill team, and I'll be fine. So essentially what I need to do is I need to bait out shots from his gunners or his specialists. Um, now, Necrons are super good in this particular um, this uh, uh, this mission um, pretty much because what you can do is you can split your kill team into two so you can do like ah here are three warriors and two immortals and here are uh, two immortals and two warriors and you can push um, each group up either towards the central or one of the um, uh, points at the sides and that's essentially what I did I split my kill team into two um, I wanted to bait out the gunner so I uh, purposefully put uh, one of my immortals uh, on um, active um, to try and see okay well if I can get the gunner to do a thing um, then maybe I can kill the gunner in return um, put one of the immortals on active uh, he had first turn uh, he essentially took, took my bait um the plasma gun guy walked out from behind the building behind a piece of cover uh took a shot at one of my immortals now immortals have 10 wounds and a three up save and this guy was in cover also so he managed to pretty much tank um tank the hits uh again i used the ability to change an order on the first round um so he got two immortals in the face and essentially died again on turn one um which was super good for me if, if you can take out one-fifth of your opponent's kill team in one turn. That's absolutely fantastic. Um, and from there, it was a case of pushing warriors up towards the objectives um, and essentially taking the charges one by one. So uh, the leader charged the warrior, killed the warrior, then my warriors activated, melted the leader. Um, his guy with a chopper, he went through big chopper thing, whatever it is, big axe. Um, he went onto the right-hand side. Uh, he messed up a couple of warriors, but, you know, I had two immortals there, so they managed to deal with him fairly swiftly. And the guys with the bolt guns, at the end of the day, they're just bolt guns, and they don't really do all that much damage to three-up save, four-up save, nine, ten wound um, guys. Um, so I was really able to stick on the objectives, score uh, as highly as I could uh, for each... Um, uh, primary on uh, on each turn. Um, my secondaries again. I took things like um, uh, seize ground. Seize ground is fantastic for Necrons because you can nominate a piece of terrain and say, okay, at the end of the turn, as long as I got four APL of guys near that piece of terrain and you don't have anything, I'm going to gain two victory points, and it's almost guaranteed with Necrons because your guys come back to life, which is great. Um, I also had um, hold the line to stop him from getting into my deployment zone. And of course, when you've got objectives that are in the middle of the field, it doesn't really encourage people, especially in a smaller size kill team, uh, to push forward into your opponent's objectives. So I scored maximum points for hold the line, maximum points for seize ground, um, maximum points for central control, because by the time... 
uh, turn three came around, I'd managed to wipe out pretty much anything that could contest the center of the battlefield. So I just pinged up central control for the last two turns. Um, So in total, I scored 17 versus his three uh, maximum points on tack ops, um, 11 points on mission objectives. I think I missed one turn where I wasn't uh, able to capture anything. Um, And all in all, it went went pretty well against against a much smaller kill team um, where you do get to use... AP1 and all your weapons, and where they do want to try and get forward to you, and where most of the damage is kind of tied up in one or two models, uh, I think Necrons. I think Necrons do super well um, against something like that. Oh yeah, it's like yeah, it's like um, the interesting thing. I, I the problem is you want to run Poxwalkers, but they cost two AP to do mission actions, yes, so they become exactly. really tough. Yeah, they, um, they become they, they essentially become a liability because you're taking like three plague marines who are essentially doing all the work for you uh, in terms of the killing and in terms of the damage that kind of thing. And yeah, you've got these poxwalkers that are just going, okay, well, I have to spend an entire round to do to do things, hmm. and all I am is bodies on the field, but they're super squishy and they die. <laughs> um, Disgustingly resilient was super annoying. Uh, I think in one round I put like 15 wounds onto a plague marine um, and we had like five or six saves from Disgusting Resilient which just totally made it so that I couldn't kill him for that turn um, but you know that is what it is if you're playing a smaller kill team generally you've got ways to offset the fact that you're playing a small kill team either hmm. by being custodies and having a million wounds and a two up save or by being plague marines with Resilient or other things but overall after that um Stop with me. Uh, so I ended up finishing 19 out of 38 because I had two people drop. Just two people didn't turn up. Oddly, I was the highest Tyranid player because for some reason there was only two. The Tyranid player, the other Tyranid player who came, he actually won the bad... He was the highest ranking Bad Moon at Bad Moon. I think he came third there, third or fourth. And I think... I don't know. They just didn't do as well. And yeah, I mean, it's annoying because we calculated it out and technically... Because if I had one game free, which I should have, I would have finished top eight as well. And it's like, it, it is what it is, right? But I, I still had a really good event. Um, and it was like, my victories were highest Necron player, I don't know, highest Tyranid player. And uh, I was the toughest game for the game dev. So I was like, that's that's cool. I'll take that. Uh, how did you guys do? Uh, I came fourth overall. You're, you're uh, now which- an internet celebrity, I turned in the kill I- team. Yeah, yeah, the internet celebrity best, take, best Necron. Take, takes takes garbage kill teams to events. Supposedly garbage, but they're not. I mean, that that's the weird thing about Necrons, right? People, you look at the kill team, you say, oh, they're all movement too. They can't be good. I'm going to do something else. Um, where it, it's reality, all about how you play them. And how yeah, you in reality, them. it's how you play them. And you can you can offset that movement too, right? I mean, like Death Guard have movement too. They, if, they, if they don't use the bell, does that mean that they're suddenly all useless? Absolutely not. Hmm. Um, I ended up coming sixth, uh, being the highest Forge World. The, sec- the other Forge World player came in at eighth. He also uh, went three and one. Um, but because the, the way they scored the event was uh, win, it was uh, the primary one was wins, the secondary scoring was tactical ops achieved, and then the third one was total victory points. Um, so I, I think I scored two or three more tack ops than he did over the event. So, but coming in sixth or eighth would it was great. I was only expecting to to maybe 
win two out of my four games, but going three and one was really happy. And yeah, unfortunately, Itan losing to me in round two. Yeah. Um, he then went on to win his next two games, but if Itan won that game and then won his next two, he probably would have been in with the, number, with the number of tack ops you'd scored. Mm. There was a very good chance you would have been third place instead yeah. of possibly I th- I think second. I, I think I could have done it. It would have probably ended up me playing custodians at one point, but I, I have a legitimate yeah, you've plan, got a plan. Custodians, yeah. like what I want to do and how I'm going to do it. And I think it would have worked. <laughs> yeah, so, I, but we'll uh, never know, my, Yeah, my, my, uh, my game against uh, uh, Elliot and his commandos really really didn't help me um but it was it was a a learning experience to see a different way of commandos being played uh he 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 very much had the orc mentality but he had the well, we're going to be uh cunningly brutal rather than brutally cunning uh and using using them to the the full effect of we well, don't need to be in combat to kill things with orcs they're actually nearly as good shooting especially I mean, the commandos it helps that commandos you all have special rules uh but oh yeah you really but need, if you, you don't you need use to them be, yeah i know you need to be experienced yeah. in order to get the best out yeah, of them. It's, yeah. a bit, it's a bit like the krieg right every guy can do a different thing and when that happens yeah, uh, you, suddenly the 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 order in which you do things during a turn becomes it all becomes super important yeah, yeah and you, that comes you have down to, make to sure, getting the reps in <laughs> with the games. yeah you gotta make sure your ranges of all your guys are near each other so their abilities trigger and it does require a lot of pre-reading and remembering to do certain things in orders, and it is a as we see with the well, the Hunter Clade kill team came out technically on the Saturday in White Dwarf, um, and if it had come out pos- earlier, I may have taken Hunter Clade over Forge World, um, but the Forge World team itself has more flexibility. Than the the Hunter Clade version. They're two very different but, kill teams, um, ultimately. Yeah, they, they the do stuff. they do different things. Um, some of the rules are better in Hunter Clade, but the flexibility is better for the Forge World. And not having the practice with the Hunter Clade, I probably wouldn't done as well as with the Forge World team. Mm. But it was a pretty good event, though, overall. Yeah. What what I do kind of like from my experience here is that it seems like all the kill teams play differently. Mm. Um. So I played like a couple of different flavors of Chaos Marines. Uh, I played against Forge Jordan. I played against Tau, and they all had to go about the game differently to do different things to try and win in their own way. And that, that's, that's kind of something that I like. Um, there are a few balance issues, but I understand that's going to be fixed in a fairly soonish patch. So yeah, well, it's like um, yeah, it's like I- I'm a very early game because the way the way my kill team plays is like, i'm early game momentum but more early game like literally i will mess you up turn one to set up my turns two three and four yeah. um because i want to get an early hold like just to be in your head of that pressure and that mobility so you go damn you're just all over the place whereas like your neck corners are, are what yeah, i think I'll, is really I'll take sacrifices turn yeah. one and turn two mm. to but set think- up things yeah, because I think you're you're a very late game uh, kill team, and it's what people aren't used to. Because you're very good at mm. like you were the one of the players who are really good at going defensive, yes, going second and winning. It's, it's yeah. a, I think a, a lot of the early games of kill team that, that people play, um, and it's just the way it works with any every game, is that you you start and it's like, okay, I've got my guys. How do I kill my opponent? I want to kill my opponent, and I'll figure it out figure everything out later yeah well, that's um, that's because it's from the 40k mindset of my opponent can't win the game if he doesn't have any models left exactly yeah, yeah. but in kill team you can kind of circumvent that a bit you can go an entire 
game without even but because the way conceal and um active work uh if you had two super shooty kill teams going up against each other you could spend like three turns just getting into position on top of fire points and whatever all in concealed and then do everything in the last turn uh, and during you have that a very time, low score game, but uh, not necessarily because well. if you're trying to get into position, you send some guys off to do tactical objectives. You send some guys off to do missions. Uh, but it's like, okay, I peek my head out and I die. Why would I do that? Why would I take that hit? risk? Yeah, and for what? For for nothing really. Whereas that's kind of why I like Necrons. I can peek my head out and die, and it's it's kind of. It, it works out in my favor later on because it's like, aha, now you showed what you're going to do. Now you're dead. <laughs> well, it's like, that, that's the kind of like the thing where I can do in my Tyranids, mainly the gene stealers is like, because I can deny shooting, like normally like you can deny shooting with conceal, but I can just do it from crazy positions. And yeah, it's just like, it, you'd think I'd be aggressive, but I, I like, cause I've been playing ITAN and trial so much. I will like literally steal what they do. And like, I've stolen off ITAN's tech, like literally playing defensively. Like using gene stealers just to run onto points, or like basically throwing them in the open, knowing they're going to die, or like putting them in places where my opponent has to deal with them, but it's pulling them out of position. But then I think yeah. Charles, your your kill team is more like um, it's weird. It's, it's, it's not it's an a early, mid, it's, it's like a mid game. It's a mid to late game team because again, I I actually spent my, most of my games turn one was mostly concealed with a couple of engages for positioning. Um, because again, generally taking security, most of the objectives, or I say most, like half of them you can score from turn two onwards. A couple of them you can score from turn one if you want to risk like throwing somebody onto central control. Um, but if there's no terrain there, it's very risky to do. Um, so they they are working more from getting their scoring most of their attack ops in turn two three, and then turn four is either preventing opponent tack ops or scoring more primary points um so yeah they work the forge world seem to work more as a mid to late game team um but again it really depends on which of the uh tack ops you pull uh like in my game against Saitan, i i end up having to use plant banners uh and i threw it down at the end as the last action in turn three Within range, like within, so it was, it was in the the one point scoring range of his uh, yeah. drop zone, and it's one of those ones of like, well, as long as I put it here, he's got to dedicate something to getting rid of it, and Itan didn't. Um, so yeah, I scored. I, mean, I wasn't. I wasn't really able to because I can't. Yeah, I, just, uh, well, I, I, got... I threw the banner down and left the guy standing in front of it, so he had to charge me to get past it, and failing to kill me and then he just couldn't remove the the banner oh yeah because that's what i like about like because i use plant banner in game one as well and i did it in such a way that i figure out one of my way to beat custodians because we all plan to beat custodians as i turn said is i would go um i think try and hope for like in recon or in uh, security and then you can do like plant banner but if you place it in such a way in the corner you can body block with your own operative so that like the mm. custodian has to charge and kill you but they can't then get within range to like deal with the with deal with the token like because some tack ups are really strong and I think like another main takeaway from me I've already said like security is no longer I mean I, I mean security is really good I think my favorite tack ups now are security and recon seek and destroy is is good to okay but it's too situational and then uh, infiltrate is just really it because infiltrate yeah, you forces to, you, you need away. to play you need to play infiltrate very well to be able to score the tack ups on it yeah because it kind of um, forces you away be, some teams can do it better. 
Yeah, I, th- I think the problem with Infiltrate is that half the teams with Infiltrate aren't any good using it. Mm. So, like, Tau, for example, have Recon and Infiltrate. Uh, and, th- like, it- it's just not great. They, for but them. they want to stay back. They don't really want to do any of the exactly. Infiltrate actions. They, they can't, because the guys who are going to do it, the Pathfinders, are so squishy, they can't really go forward and do all their Infiltrate stuff, because as soon as they stick their head out, they're dead. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so it's like, but that's a, another thing, because I'm just going to cover now, because, like, before I was a big, like, Seek and Destroy is the best. Now I'm like, Seek and Destroy has cost me so many Ooh. games. On, on our original, when we were first playing a few games, we were like, if you can take season three, you take it, because it's like, kill it's your easy. leader, uh, challenge day, a guy, easy. kill some people, do. and it was like super easy. And then once you play more games and you play against opponents who are as good, and you're like, well, if my opponent can't kill me, he can't score his seek and destroys. So you use your conceals better, you hide yeah, people, run away. you charge block somebody, you move away from... Yeah, you, you can prevent them from scoring search, uh, search destroys easily. Yeah, because the moment um, they ran out of seek and destroy, just ran away. It's like an underworld. Yeah. The moment they found out I was aggro, they're like, oh, you're not going to let you kill me. Yeah. Uh, which Whereas, is fine. Uh, like, security and recon are very more board-dependent and playing-dependent. Like... If you're against uh, if you're against a another shooting team like I was against the Krieg and I was against the other Admech team, hold the line is really easy because they're never going to get towards my board edge because I'm going to be aggressive towards them. They will. I've got a combat threat, and again, seven wound models can't can't get charged by it, so they have to play defensive, try and shoot me, and at that point, I've scored my two points from hold the line. Yeah. And it doesn't matter anymore. I mean, your, your mm. tack ops are a third of all the points you're going to score in a game. So, yeah, they're hugely important, yeah. and they're it's, like it's, this. Is, I think that's the other thing from ITC. They don't rank tack ops as as highly in terms of scoring. But I need to double check that. I'm not 100 percent sure. But the way Warhammer World of scoring it is, I think it's the same. But it goes VP, then tack ops. No, no, it goes, I mean, it goes it wins, win, no, tack ops, and it's VP. wins, tack ops, and then total VPs as a yeah. third tiebreaker. I think it's in. in ITC, they use strength of schedule, yeah. I think. I was, I was skeptical about doing the wins, tack ops, VPs previously because I was like, you saw yeah, well, the, 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 well, it's, I was like, well, it really, it should be the person who's scoring the most VPs is the bit like it goes by wins, then by VPs, then by secondaries. But actually, having the secondaries as the, the first tiebreaker is better. Um, it's, it's a third of the points you can score. And in some games, the primaries are just sometimes near impossible to score but you can still score secondaries yeah Um, and you'll never score massively high so even if you're on three wins and a loss and you've only scored secondaries somebody who has played better and scored more primaries will still have beat you in scoring yeah, I think um, it's better, think like, it's better. That's, that's what me and Glass Half Dead agreed. It was like, like even I turned, it's like, it's just like scoring attack ops is tough and it reflects if you can score them consistently. I, it, it very much also depends on the matchup and your attack ops. And yeah, your yeah. It, but that, Some of them the are far easier to score than others, but they are generally, you have to put more thought into scoring your attack ops than you do scoring the primary. Mm. But we, we have one big elephant in the room. If you're interested in who won... Custodies won. They t- they got first and second with uh, Elia um, and his undefeated. Yeah, but I do want to say something about Custodies. So I think they are beatable. The game, they they are beatable. Yeah, uh, I think the game is so new. Yeah. Um, that a lot of players haven't quite grasped how to beat them yet, or how to beat them consistently. Let's say, um, and they're also super forgiving as a kill team, just because they got a ton of wounds, they got two up saves, they can do pretty much all they want yeah they, they, they have four actions so you shoot somebody and they don't die you can just shoot them again exactly um, exactly you can, they you technically can, break the game with brotherhood because that's how it's been ruled by 
the community at the moment because well, Brotherhood allows you to technically do actions you've already yes. done or plan to do. But well, we understand that might be soon to change, so we'll again, see. Again, with, with rules as written versus rules as intended, again, the rules are written that they can perform an action before their activation and it isn't an activation. So any of the rules saying well, you can only do each thing once do not apply to this. Um, but intended, it was designed to give them an additional action in their activation. But I, th um, I think the main problem is like uh, it's it's just like the game is sound. There's just some stratagems are too cheap for what they do. Yeah, like it's not, yeah, not just custodies. It's like my it's cheap just dealers. simple. It's simple tweaking, which you can play a dozen games in a test environment and with a, a test team of like ten people, and you test these things. And somebody doesn't think like none of the play, none of the testers think of using stratagem X for reason Y, and it just go it goes oh well. Nobody's ever used it, so it's fine at one CP. And then it reaches the wider world, and you get a hundred thousand people play it, and a hundred thousand people go. But what if I did X, and suddenly this stratagem is realized to be far stronger or more powerful than it was intended, or just the the written rule of it is just wrong enough that oh, actually, you can use it as an unintended way. Yeah, because I have some interesting they are, stats. Uh, fixing oh, go it. on. Yeah, because I'm interested. Say they are fixing it. Well, from the tournament is I think attackers because they were noting who was attackers. So apparently, attackers won like were winning like I think it was like a seventy five percent, eighty percent winning attackers. Yeah, on average, if you're the attacker, you'll generally go first. Yeah. So attackers so. were winning most of the time. Uh, Grey knights actually bottom out. So at, at Bad Moon, Grey knights were the most representative and did really well. And then when there's a tournament where there's more terrain, not as many fire lanes, the shooting teams didn't do as well. I think even the top... Uh, the, the shooting teams well, were no, like they, they, mixed, right? In yeah, well, I mean, there was, there was... In top eight, it was uh, actually relatively... You could Varied. say shooting. Custodies, are, custodies can do everything. Yeah, but, they can do everything. I, I um, think it was only dedicated shooting top eight, I'd say. Uh, no. I mean, the way I play my Warriors, they're kind of like a combat element. But yeah, so, you know what I mean? You, I mean, you don't so have like, melee. Yeah, yeah I, I don't have any yeah. melee. Um I mean, so what it was, it was Talons of the Emperor, Talons of the Emperor, both teams that are versatile. Commandos, again, Elliot was playing his commandos in a very shooty way, but with combat. Yeah. Uh, Necrons, who are realistically a shooting team. Uh, Played Death by Guard, some guy who does off metamuseums.com, yeah. I hear. Uh, De Death Guard, who again are a bit of a mixed team as their space marines, um, yeah. but they yeah, tend mixed. to do a bit more shooting because they're slower. Uh, my Forge World, I'm a bit of a mix, but my even my combat guys have got quite decent shoot, decent shooting. I was using yeah, but you're still afraid of combat. Um, seventh place was a Harlequin troop, so actually a very combat focused um, army. Yep. Uh, eight was again Forge World. He was playing again more of a shooty list. Um, yeah, that's I that's mean, there, there are really top eight. It was a there yeah, aren't really all that many dedicated combat kill teams anyway. It's it just was, like I think Tyrion, no, me, really? Harlequins, demons. Um, Demons. We didn't say any demons that day. No, there was there was no demon. So there was no pure demon player. There was no Eldar, no Eldar, Dark Eldar. no Dark Eldar, no no crew, uh, no cr no crew, um, no Space Marines. There was only one death. No, yeah, there was no there was no, no, there was one there was one generic Space Marine player playing tactical um, squads. But yeah, there was no there was no Death Watch sub faction. Um, but there was yeah, a, there was a, a was very good, good representation of factions. Yeah, and I, I think um, it was like uh, it's really well run. The terrain was like SS, like super perfect. The terrain yeah. layout was really good. Well, they they were up spent front. two weeks building and painting brand new terrain. Yeah, shout out to the, the events event. team. Like literally, they spent two weeks painting all that terrain. Crazy, and it's like yeah. um, 
they so mapped it, it out the 20, terrain 20 for the missions. Tables. Yeah. yeah, 20 and, tables of terrain. And the best thing they said, right, they said, oh, if your objective ends up under a terrain piece, either move it with your opponent's permission or let us know and we'll be happy to move the terrain piece. Yeah, and that they, fixed they designed, so many issues. Yeah, they, they designed two maps. So they had Verticus and Octarius, and for each of those they designed two layouts for the four missions. So there shouldn't have been any point where an objective goes under the terrain unless a piece of terrain had been knocked during play. Yeah. And um, I think which I had, only- I had in one of my games. I had to. We had to just... Slightly move the two pieces back a little bit to put the marker down. And I think we but, all had it was. They said it was basically the same mission, mission free. Uh, that's where like they had the most. They had to do that. Where I've, yeah, well, it's just where like terrain not being placed perfectly because it's a diagonal and, deployment yeah. and the objectives are placed weird. But yeah, yeah they were so. like perfect. They're really good with rulings on it. It, it was like. I, I like some people have said like, oh, you know, they should have dealt with the slow playing better. But the problem with slow playing is I was the only one to report it. And then I also only unless unless you know unless a player is well known for slow players in several other games, you can't really go judge. Can you just watch this player for the entire day? Yeah, because and it's the like judge but they, can't do that. No, but they said like um, the problem is I was the only one to report it. No one else did, and like we only found out at the end at the tournament that he'd slow played it his entire game. So I know some people are like, oh you know they should have been on. It's like they did say they will be on it. It's like if if people report it, they can deal with it immediately. But they said yeah for the next event. We're go- we're, they're going to try and work on something to deal with that better. If, if like, people don't report it and tell judges, then how are they supposed to know it's an issue? Yeah, exactly. Like, they're, it's like, they're, like the, the reason I'm so upset about it is because, uh, like with Underworlds, I'm really good at I've become really good at catching and dealing with slow players. So when I, hmm. it's just I got tricked anyway. But overall, the event was really, really good. Like, yeah, I think I, gold I, standard. I think the bar is super high for other tos. Uh, I don't think any other um, events are going to be able to match that kind of terrain quality standard. Well, not, not without just dropping like £500 yeah, on brand new terrain, exactly. which but the is thing not is, an easy team, thing to do. Kill Team, to be played at its best, does need a certain level of terrain, and terrain of a specific type. And mm. that's not like your generic 40k terrain or your fantasy terrain, right? So yeah. it, it's almost like if I'm going to run a Kill Team event myself, okay, let's say it's for 20 people. Now I need... 20 10 sets. tables yeah 10, yeah 10 tables all of this terrain and yeah it's going to cost me three four hundred pounds just to get the to uh, do that but properly you'll, and you'll you have saw... a much better event rather than going well i've got 10 tables of 40 exactly. terrain it doesn't really fit but it'll do yeah and you you, and, you can see that yeah. in the the people like let's say in the if, if we remove the top three um uh, from from the standings if you look at the next say half of all the players there's a good mix in there there's a good variety the uh, because of the terrain um it allows kill teams to be able to do what they're designed to do as opposed to okay i'm just sitting here i can't do anything because there's this big open fire lane in the middle of a board and if i stick my head out all my guys will die without any kind of cover uh my combat fire team doesn't work because there's no low-lying scatter stuff in order to break up um break up line of sight for when i need to charge you know that that kind of thing it's um it's it's massively impactful yeah and i was speaking to the events team and they said even like their american events follow the same suit so it's like even if you're not playing in the uk like you're gonna get the same great standard which is like really good it's just because even the melee team struggled to do well because there was so much terrain in the way and like with heavy Mm. terrain that you couldn't traverse they had to sacrifice like they'd spend at least a turn moving into position which is good because like 
The other problem I had with the bad moon terrain, because it was so open, if your opponent couldn't deal with you in time, you could just rush in with no no impediment to your movement. Yeah. So it's like it was really balanced and it shows how important terrain is. But it's also like, you know, food was standard for Warhammer World, still okay. <laughs> uh, but it's just like, yeah, really good. Shout outs to the aircon during game for, uh, game yeah. four. Uh, even though um, it blew everything away, shout out to the aircon. <laughs> There's like a tornado well, rolled in. Someone opened well, I think it was also because uh, we've been to Warhammer World events previously mm. and pre-COVID when you'd have 128 players playing 40k and it's a lot of people in a small space and it can get very loud very hot um there was 40 players they had they also had a few uh open tables for their normal gaming that they do but yeah it was a much better atmosphere Mm. the Um, one the one criticism that i would have though is mm. having one game before lunch yeah yeah. uh, it what it means like after game so it, it was, was, it, it was no, game, four game rounds two. total, uh, and we we started the first round at like quarter past ten. Yes, yeah. uh, we had an hour and forty five minute game, and then we had our lunch break. Yeah, and then you kind of played your next game, and you were like, it's, yeah, "Oh, okay, I'm like halfway through like the day because I've just three. had lunch." Yeah. yeah, after game two, you're at half three, and I was thinking, "Okay, well, we'll do one more round now, and then sure, we'll end up five, and everything will be fine." But no, it's you've got another two rounds, and each round is an hour forty five minutes long, plus the setup time, plus everything else and it feels like a much much longer day when you're doing three games of kill team back to back then yeah, if we, we, finished, two two we finished like six to six thirty uh i think it was and then we left what, Warhammer what, World what, like half past seven yeah. right i know we it was like just before eight when we left Warhammer world which mm. is when the event was scheduled to end and it did end on time there was no yep. overrun no, which did. is great um and yeah we we left around about eight uh, we 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 had a late train back, so we wanted to make sure we could stay for the event and not have to be like rushing to try and mm. get home. Um, and that was a whole another issue. Yeah, but the uh, the event the event timing was great. There was enough time between rounds. You could probably bring it down to an hour and a half. Uh, yeah, the, may- maybe. I the think... main thing was we spent like the first. 10 to 20 minutes of a round was doing all, setting your, up and doing all the stuff. Yeah, even though the, the boards were ready, it was placing the objectives, doing your kill teams, mm. uh, equipment, tac ops, deployment, and you do lose 15 to 20 minutes just going through the actual steps exactly. of I, I, up and playing I, the game. I remember the, one of the organizers called, oh, an hour left on your games, and I'm sitting yeah, here, well, I've just haven't even started round one yet. I, I haven't yeah. rolled a dice yet. <laughs> um, Oh yeah, it, it's like uh, I, I think the hour and forty-five is needed, even with the setup. Mm. It just like it, it, mm. generally my games were an hour and a half or like slightly less than that. But I think the hour and forty-five. I like I, I agree. I would prefer if the event started at nine because when we used to play mm. Warhammer World years back, it started at eight. Registration was eight at nine. Well, yeah, registration was eight. Then it was like nine. They tried to start like half nine. Begin when you're playing something like forty k and you've got like three rounds of two hours. You kind of don't yeah. have the time to really I mean, mess around. You could start at nine, and then you would go ten, eleven, twelve, one. Lunchtime is at one for an yeah, hour. I, I think the only two, th- yeah, and finish think, at six, and then you're you're good to go. Yeah, I think the only mm. thing I would change for the event structure is just doing two games. Like I would be happy to start at nine. I, the, mm-hmm. the, this is the weird thing, but it's with war gamers in general. People don't want to play at nine; they want to start at ten. Even, but then they complain the event finishes too late. <laughs> but they want to start late. It's like you, yeah. you can't win. Uh, um, or well, else again, maybe I, I think I think possibly you could make the time allocated for the games shorter. But if you gave a dedicated, say, twenty minutes setup time. So let's say let's say for example, uh, they gave you an hour to play the game, 
and they gave you 20 minutes of dedicated setup time to begin with. And the timer yeah, the so game like, didn't start until like 20 minutes after yeah. that. Yeah. And if, 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 you, if, you, if your setup runs over that 20 minutes, well, now you're eating into your game time. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, but I think well, that's I, just a more I, philosophical I that, thing. Like, yeah, it's, it's, I was it's lucky just, that all my games, uh, I, I finished before time, I got the full four rounds in all of my games. Yeah, uh, so I, know, I know John... John had a really bad experience with that. I think you, yeah, you you finished all your games either on time or before time. Yeah, five, five or five yeah. or so minutes. I think ten and minutes before time is the most. It's time also possibly just to do with the newness of the game and the newness of a number of mm. players. Like in a year's time, people will be bish bash boss done 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 because you'll know what you're doing, how you're doing, what your opponent can do, and it will just be. A more formulaic. I need to deploy here, here, and here. I need to make sure I'm ready to do X, Y, and Z. I'm automatically picking out of these two that tack op, that tack op, that tack op, and you you will just naturally play faster and better the longer a game is out and the more you play it. Yeah, I think overall, like the thing I found, everyone was really cool. Everyone was really chill. The custodies guy who won a uh, size something. He he was like props to him. He played like he was super chill, super friendly, and like. He maxed out everything, so it's not like he was just like uh, like you may think, oh, custodies dirty power game. He was like on it, like so, and everyone was super chill apart from one guy. But <laughs> like, yeah, so like if you if you were going to go, I think they're going to plan to do at least three a year, from the sounds of it. And well, this, I, the next I, one's going up soon. I mean, hopefully, you you would hope there's like one a quarter to match the releases. Yeah, yeah. Because there's there's going to be a. a well, we've already been. Gen Con has spoiled the next box. Chalath, Chalanth. Yeah, the Talvis's um, sisters. So that'll be out out sometime between October and December. Yeah. Uh, hope you would hope that they run an event in that space to match that yeah. season. Yeah, um, and I think like yeah, if if you wanted to go to a kill team event, highly recommend Warhammer World. You will not have a bad time. Yeah, for sure. But, but think, if you don't if you don't live in the UK or it's just not feasible, get people to run an event, go to an event, play the game. Mm. And it, it, as a game, I find it's one of the better rule sets that Games Workshop have put yeah, out. The, and, um, um, I always liken it to so my favorite ever rule set that Games Workshop put out is the Hobbit. Actually, believe it or not, yeah, um, I yeah. think as a game, it's fantastic. It's it's well balanced. Well, it, it, it's, it's a, a rule set plan. with minimal rules in it, essentially. <laughs> exactly, yeah, and it's very um, simple. It's, it's it's how you play the game as opposed to finding all this weird shit that well, you can do because it, it was good having like uh, for Warhammer World having the game devs playing in there mm. and like he i'm pretty sure he asked john but he was like uh well he was asking me like oh, how did how do you think the game worked balance balance issues aside because balance is one of those things that subject to an extent yeah you can fix it. Like, and he was like was there any problems the with the core rules anything like that and it's like generally i don't have any real issue with the mm. core rules it's more an unclear wording but again that could be yeah. eroded the game is pretty solid in terms of rules, there's a few things that break things, but that's rules on top of rules that cause the issue rather than it's a, weird a core concept. Yeah. Yeah. But mechanically, the game is sound and you will always have a good time. Better terrain does make it a better experience, but at the yeah. moment, you've got to, like, unless you're willing to help your TO like with buying and painted terrain, you've got to, you've got to yeah. work with what you have. Overall, Every player must bring one set of terrain to the, yeah. the event. Yeah. Yeah. Every player brings uh, Octarius. But it's a really solid game. I think it it's... It's better than Underworlds, and my favorite game used to be Underworlds. 
Uh, I I just think it's really easy. It's like it's like 40k, but interactive in a way where you can do stuff and it's not too much. Well, you can bet generally. It's kind of like stuff. the old, the very old uh, when they did like the first rules for 40k in 40 minutes. And it was basically yeah. like you bring a character, you bring a couple of units, you'll get a game done really quick and fun, and you you can still play 40k, but without the the 14 hour hassle of playing a game. Yeah, it's deceptively and simplistic. That's what Kill Team in- kind of it kind of scratches. It's the you can play 40k, but it's not the, oh, well, all my guys have died in his first turn of shooting. Well, yeah. that's my game ruined. Well, it's like it's deceptively it's simplistic, but in a good way. So you think his game's quite simple, but if, if you want to play and go deeper, it, it rewards you for doing so. so it's yeah, not like, there, there's yeah. a lot that you can actually do um, just by model positioning. For example, yeah, yeah. There's so much you can do with just with model positioning, and it's it's like yeah, as base sim, most simplistic thing. It's okay. I got my kill team. You got your kill team. We're basically trying to shoot each other and do a bit of stuff on the side. But mm. when you get into stuff like uh, tying up models with charges and yeah. uh, doing charge blocking not, by not fighting people. And, Exactly, and now that we know that there aren't doors in pieces of terrain, being able to <laughs> um, yeah. being able to block off entire sections of the board just by a wall being there and a couple of yeah. guys. I yeah. mean, uh, also one one incredibly useful piece of kit to have that makes playing oh, yes. easier is a yeah. uh, a, light, a straight line laser. Yeah, because of the way you're having to measure the cones for the line the of sight or the sight. cover lines. Uh, cover, cover, yeah. Um, and it's a very subjective thing if you're trying to use a tape measure and the tape measure slightly bends yeah, and goes around the piece of terrain. Yeah, a couple of times. It's like, okay, um, well, there's like a millimeter in it, but let's yeah. the rules say if you like, go over that piece of terrain. If you're playing in like a in an actual tournament setting where things like that do matter, uh, one, of the, one of the line lasers that you can buy and you can just go like, well, straight line for the base, crosses the cover, doesn't cross the cover, and it, it removes the ability to have an argument. Uh, I think that's also part of the reason why one of my game, like my games, were generally faster because if there was an issue where is that guy in line of sight, it was a quick five seconds, bip bip, yep, I can see him, doesn't touch the train, off a go. Um, so that's a that's a highly recommended mm. purchase if you're going to play kill team competitively and regularly, exactly. and it allows you to um, even even then when when you're as you're playing your game, if you you know you need to move a guy into a specific position to be able to see, you can kind of uh, you, you you again you can instead of going it, constantly back and forth like oh, move this guy, can I see? Can I not see? Okay, no, let's do this, let's do that, and all that kind of thing. It, yeah. it kind of speeds things up quite a bit. Yep. Yeah. But I think overall, once the, a really good event, amazing from Warhammer World, and I, mm. I think we'd all highly recommend it. And yeah, we all had a good time. So I, I hope you've enjoyed our rather long chat. It's just under two hours, but it's, you know, it's, it's good. Yeah, it's good. It's a tournament uh, report. Exactly. Uh, I'll be doing more crit costs on 40k, most well, kill team, most likely. And once again, sure. thank you to Charles and Itan for helping no, me record this. No problem, no everything. problem. Uh, you can check out Itan at offermusings.com. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, the reason why he's bringing this up is because we all do, we always do a bunch of stuff together. I keep asking for shout outs and I never get any. So we, we kind of, we're lumping everything in at the end. Yes, uh, and then you but can yeah, check I'm out be Charles. Writing, I'm going to be writing Kill Team articles. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be writing about how I piloted Necrons for this. I'm going to do a, my own words of a tournament write up. Yeah, a, a bunch of different things. I, I generally write about anything and everything that I'm interested in. So any kind of card games, any kind of board games, any kind of anything that I'm playing. Um, so there's a lot of different things on there. Yeah, and then Charles, you can just catch on my videos 
scrounging. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but that's, that's pretty much it. I hope you enjoyed this Critcast episode, and I'll be back with more probably at a higher rate. So, yeah, see you guys soon. And Thank you. it's goodbye from me Thanks. and goodbye from those two. And Bye. remember, keep rolling crits, even if it's in audio format. Yeah. <laughs>